and welcome back to The Daily with Silstein. As I was saying in the last segment for editing, um, I'm going to try to bring on a few editors that I've worked with or have worked with um, from different angles. Um, For example, right now um, I do writing platforms for Millennials, 365, Medium, and Odyssey all through the Coffeehouse Writers. And we have our great captains, which are Jess Canopel and uh, Luke Savage, who's also an author. He just published his first work, My Life and My Death, a book of poetry. It's very good. I hope you'll check it out. My shout out to them and all our staff. And we have a enormous group or talented group of editors we work with and they challenge us and I hope to bring them on to talk about this editing process about when you look at your work and try to you know make make uh, whether it's a short story you're working on the fluidity of it so I'm going to try to because I work with them on a daily basis um, I'm going to try to bring them on and I'm also going to try to talk to my uh, current editor that I've been working with for um, uh, Chasing uh, Clarity. I'm revising that novel and I, uh, I'm working with the wonderful Kim Huther and Wordsmith uh, Proof Editing. And I, if I mispronounced that, I apologize. But I, I, um, I, I know she's uh, one of the best that they have. And I've worked with a lot, a, a lot of other editors also when I worked as an intern for Stitch Mile Publications. And I know a wonderful group of editors there that, um, that, you know, that I hope to talk to. And um, shout out to uh, Lisa Vasquez, the CEO, Donnell Whiting, the head of the editors there. And of course, uh, author and editor Jeff Brown or AJ Brown. Um, and we're uh, so hopefully I, I'm able to get a few of these editors. I'm not saying all of them are going to be here, but I'm going to try to see. Uh, if I can speak to them because as I said good writers are not always good editors and certainly good editors are not always good writers however you need sometimes we need to take on the role of editors when we're ready for the revision state but I want to go back to what I said about the, the, the quote where I read the key to revision is to learning to look at your work with an editor's eye the writer's digest writing clinic said that but basically, an editor's job is to make the writer look better. They work on the things. They challenge you to work on those questions that uh, that you can do by changing your story. And they make sure your language is tight, not too flowery, and not too staid. So all of this is important for you to look at when you're working at your current work. And when you're trying to do the best that you can. Um, and and uh, as I said... You know, these editors are wonderful and they do a lot of good work for everyone. And I hope to bring some of them on, if not a couple. I'm not saying I'm going to have them on, but I'm going to ask um, one or two of them to come and share their experiences about editing. Hopefully, I'll be able to share that online. And if you have your own experience with editing and the editing process and what you've learned from what you knew before, please feel free to contact us to share about that. But Thursday is all about focusing on your editing, Wednesday's writing class, and then on Friday I'll be talking about biography, 
books to read, and your writing prompt. I'll be sharing all that on Friday's show. So it's jam-packed for Friday on the Daily with Silstein. So I hope it goes smoothly. But anyway, um, I hope that today's show has helped you. And we'll be right back to do the wrap-up. Hello. Hello. Let's, let's turn off the other one. All right. Okay. Okay. Everybody good? Okay. Okay. Where are you? Okay. Hello, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, Sylvia. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'm very pleased to have here on the, my first interview with the Daily with Sil Stein. This is author Jeff Brown. How are you doing this evening, Jeff? I'm doing really good. It's been a long day, tiring, but I'm doing good. Hope you are too. That's great. We had some technical difficulties earlier, so I'm so glad we have you. As I said, you're our first author that's come to the show here on Anchor. I'm very pleased to have you, and uh, I wanted you to share with the listeners here on Anchor about you, who you are, and uh, just a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, my my name is Jeff Brown, but I write under my initials, which is AJ Brown. I prefer to tell stories. I don't necessarily prefer to write stories. Um, but uh, I write more of the darker stuff. Um, I'm not sure if I'd call it horror or if i just call it dark, but it's, it's somewhere in between. Um, I tend to not follow rules. I tend to uh, just do things my way. Um, I know that sounds kind of uh, arrogant, but it's actually not. Um, and uh, I've got six books out and over 200 short stories published over the last 15 years. Wow, that's a, that's quite an accomplishment. Now, um, as uh, no, not most of you know this, but I used to work uh, with uh, with Jeff um, through Stitch Smile Publications, and that's how I got to know Jeff Brown. And uh, he's always been an excellent mentor, I, I believe. Um, as well as an author, and you know, because you have done uh, been an editor, Jeff, uh, through your work as an author and stuff. What advice, like, what do you think is the best advice? Um, uh, uh, because you're do you have been able to do both sides of, of like they say, of the coin of, of where you're able to to draw upon both, uh, John. You know, as far as being an author, being an editor, what can you share about that with everyone? Well, being an author is fun. Um, I, I've constantly said if you have to uh, work, um, suffer for your craft, um, you're, you're doing it wrong. Um, being an editor is uh, a little more difficult, but it can be just as fun because what you're doing is you're helping someone improve on their work. And, and that's what you want. You want to always be moving forward and helping people when you're as an editor um and the thing about being an editor though is you've got to be uh tough you can't be a wallflower and be an editor uh you can't be a pushover and be an editor um you really have to be able to say hey this is great or hey this kind of sucks you yeah. know and that and then you have to be able to handle the, the myriad of different personalities that come with 
the many different types of writers there are. Um, but I, having done both, I find that I'm a better writer now since I learned how to edit. Yes. Yes, exactly. And and, and I, I know that we talked about you wanting to share, uh, and I appreciate you sharing that because uh, of those people that are starting out as writers or authors that are already working on their books or manuscript, a lot of times, like you said, we, we tend to think we know all these things, um, but there's always learning to come for all of us. And what you just shared, you know, proves it, you know, that you You've uh, become, you know, both better at both being an editor, being an author, or vice versa. You're you're able you're able to pick up a few things, and I know you've been wanting to talk about writing and the different things that you are working on. So I wanted to give you this platform so you could do that. Well, uh, let's start with the things I'm working on. This is this is um. I, I've got way too much as, as the problem as I write a lot. Um, I I generally write uh, around 300 to 400,000 words a year, um, uh, which really, really, when you think about it, is you know, 1,000 words a day is 365,000 words a year. So it's really not an unattainable goal. Um, but... I I focus on several different things. Um, dredging up memories, the main character Hank Walker. I've I've got a novella I just finished. I'm working on another novel with him. I've also got an interview series with the characters of all of uh, of dredging up memories. Um, I've written quite a few short stories to fill in spots from dredging up memories. And if you've read it, you you know what I'm talking about. Um, yes. And, and, uh, I also have this novella called The Forgetful Man's Disease that's really close to be coming out. I wrote it, wrote it almost four years ago, and I've been working on it ever since. And um, it's a tremendous story. Um, but uh, and, and then I have this book called Simply Put, and this is my philosophy on writing. Um I, I like I said at the beginning is I, I, I break rules. I I find a lot of the rules restrictive. Uh grammar today is not grammar from seventy years ago. Um we don't talk like they did a hundred years ago. Uh so some of the grammar rules kinda need to change and go forward. Uh you know th- there's so many different things about writing that is different from what it was even 25 years ago to where it is now. Um, and so that's what Simply Put is about. Plus, there's actually 11 short stories in there as well. So it's kind of like it's got a lot of my philosophy, but it also has 11 short stories wow. to go with them. No, that, that that's just, uh, like I said, you really work on your craft. You know, you have a lot of stuff that you're working on. When you were going over the many words you work on every year, that's amazing. But that's what it takes to, you know, when you love what you do, which I know you do, because I know that you're, you're a husband, you're a father, you have, you know, full-time job, and writing is also part of that, right? I, I mean, it it has to be because you, you dedicate a lot to it, and you have a lot of support with that, it sounds like. 
Yeah, um, my wife is, is all. She's actually the reason I even do this. Um, when I when we first got together, I wrote sparingly, um, and uh, she read uh, a story called Catherine's Well, which turned out to be it's actually in a Stitch of Madness, um, one of the stories in a Stitch of Madness that was put out by uh, Stitch Smile Publications um, last year. Uh, yeah. But she read the story, and her immediate reaction was, um, is this story about me? Because my wife's name is Catherine. <laughs> and um, yeah. I was like, no, I wrote this before you and I got together. She was like, that's good. Why don't you, <laughs> you know, pursue this a little more? And, and so she kind of pushed me towards the publishing. And uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, I sucked for a long time. Um, I was, I thought I was good, but, you know, I really honestly wasn't. And, and I think that's part of the problem with writers and as, as in general, not as a whole, but in general, is we think we're going to be the next Stephen King. We think we're going to be the next Dean Koontz. We think we're going to be the next Jeff Patterson. And, yes. Um, we're not. And, no. and that's what we remember is um, we're not going to be these guys. We, we need to be the first who we are. However, in order to be the first who we are, we kind of have to have a grasp of what we're doing. And, you know, we, criticism is, is is a difficult thing, but we have to be able to take the criticism. We have to be able to, okay, I see what you're saying, and, and not be closed-minded. And, and the other thing we have to do is um, realize that our stuff isn't the best thing in the world. Um, Stephen King has written some clunkers. Let's just be honest, you know. Um, <laughs> you know uh, Dean Koontz has written some clunkers. Uh, you know, Brian mm-hmm. Ball has written some clunkers, and I know as everything I'm saying is sacrilegious. So people who are who are who hear this might be, what Dean Koontz didn't know. Stephen King's never written anything. No, actually, everybody has written crap. You know, I've yeah. written o- over 1,100 short stories in the last uh, 20 or so years. Um, really most of those in the last 12 or so years. But of those 1,100 short stories, only about 200 of them have seen the light of day. That tells you what I think about the other 900. Yes. Um, uh, And I go back, and I'll actually work on something that I wrote 15 years ago because the concept's good, but the writing was horrible, you know? (laughs) Uh, but now that's different, though, and, and you have to, as a writer, you have to be able to accept criticism. You have to be able to, you know, um, learn from that criticism, but also you have to be able to figure out what works for you. You have to learn your voice. You have to learn your style. You have to learn whether or not you want to write elegantly or you whether you want to write poetry, whether you want to write epic novels. Um, you have to determine whether or not you want to um, write kind of in a staccato style where it's like machine gun sentences and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You, yes. you have to figure out if you want to write purple prose, which I don't recommend. Um you know, you have to figure out what you want to write. You also have to figure out who you're writing for. And I'm, uh, the, the, the Stephen King, to me, said the most perfect thing about writing, period. He, and on writing, he makes the statement halfway through the book, uh, 
the, and I'm paraphrasing here, the author is the story's first reader. Yes. Um, so when you say I'm writing for the readers, that's not true. You need to write for you. Because if mm-hmm. you thoroughly enjoy it, there is a good chance your readers will. Um, now, uh, if you write C-Spot Run, that's been done. And yes. only two-year-olds are going to really care for it. However, if you sit down and actually write and get into it and develop your story, um, you'll be surprised. Just surprise yourself, but you'll be surprised at what other people think of your work. Yes. Yes, and, and and that's the thing, and, and not to cut you off right, right now, I just wanted to touch up on a little, few things that you said that stood out very well about, you know, every writer, you know, has work that is, isn't good, or it sucks, or it's crap, or even those those authors uh, that are you know, have made it big, they went through their, their set of, 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 of not-so-great work, and what what's humbling about you, and what I like, you know, you said that you sound, you know, you, for, at the beginning of the show, you said you may sound arrogant, but no, I, what I see is a person that sounds very humbling because you've learned from the stories that you said about 900, or, you know, you said, I have about 900 that I never used, I tossed her, and there's maybe a few that I picked out that I liked. You basically, you're in a journey with, with the work that you produce, and you're you're spreading that, that the writing to others, myself, I, I that's why I said a mentor, because whether you know or not, you know, a lot of what you said uh, when I was working at Stitch Smile and, and what you used to tell the editors about work or working with other authors that weren't able to take that criticism, um, you, you know, I've lear- I learned from that because uh, now, you know, when I see something that isn't, you know, could be a little shinier, I say, hey, you know, this, did I really, you know, could, couldn't I have worked on it a little longer, make it a, a bit better, describe more, you know, go into that. And, and, and that's why what you said right now about what Stephen King has said, you know, the, the first reader is the author. I, I believe that's what you said or paraphrased, right, from what Stephen King yeah. said. And, and, uh, and, and, and that's what I mean. Like all the, all the journey that you've been on, you have to be willing to grow the thick skin because if you can't do that, I, I believe, and I'm not saying you can't write or, or, or produce your work, but you need to be able to, to, to be able to take it because, you know, it, it, that's the only way a writer grows. Absolutely. And the thing, the thing about uh, writing, just, just like anything else in life, mm-hmm. um, as long as you're learning, you're progressing. You know, um, when you stop learning, I mean, well, even Stephen King, if you go back to, I'm currently reading The Shining, which, you know, mm-hmm. in the 70s, and his writing style from The Shining and his writing style from Dr. Sleep, which was supposedly the sequel to The Shining, which he released a couple of years ago. Yes. Completely different. He he went from writing this way with The Shining to writing a whole different way now. So I mean, he evolved over time. He learned things over time. He learned that you know what I've got to kind of change. I've got to kind of grow with it, you know. And um, and he became a very 
uh, obviously he's very prolific and he's a terrific writer and he's been that way for 40 years now. Yes, exactly, exactly. He changed. He learned, you know, he, he learned yes. what worked, he learned what didn't work. Yes. Know, and as writers, you have to constantly evolve. Now, you don't have to, quote, unquote, sell out because that's what a lot of people say when you evolve, you're selling out. It's, that's not selling out. You're, you're learning. But you're learning, yeah. Right. And when you evolve, however, you know, you you make yourself better. And the thing about that is there are other people helping you along the way that you may not realize are helping you. Um, mm-hmm. you know, something that someone says, just like what you just said about uh, the things I, I tell editors that work with SST, you know, uh, how – you know, I didn't know that you were taking this information and using it for, you know, to, to help get yourself better. And see, so in, in a way, I didn't know that I was helping you. And these little things that people do yes. help you along the way, help me yes. along the way, then along yes. the way. Yes, they and, do. And I've learned, I've, I've learned, I still have a lot more to more to grow, but I learned every day you have to take a little bit. It's like the advice you said about, recapping on things we cover for, you know, when you do, you know, you write something, uh, t- take note of it and work on, work on that. You know, I take, I hear everything and I, it's kind of like it, it, you take little mental notes and then you, you think about them. Oh my God, this is what I was talking about with Jeff one day, or he was telling Donnell at one of the meetings one day and, and it sticks, you know, when you're writing on it um, and, you know, and, and all of these, Things that you guys in, at Stitch Mile and you know as authors and uh, people you meet along the way have taught you. I've learned a lot as an intern, and then when I I did some editing and of course I got really really busy with my own writing. But like I said, it's I've always been on a journey and and I and I love uh, hearing what other authors like yourself and editors have to say. So. Well, then that's what we should do, you know. That's what we and, and as a journey, you know, it, life in and of itself is a journey, and you've heard that probably a thousand times, and it's kind of cliche now, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it really is a journey. And think about it: from your very first breath at birth to your very last breath, mm-hmm. um, everything in between. This is your beginning. Your very first breath is your beginning. Yeah. You, your very last breath is your ending, and then everything in between is your middle, just like a story. Yes. Now, yes. you you got your ups and your downs, your your happiness and your your sadness, you know, your drama and your your quiet time. Yes, uh, everything is everything. That's that's life. That, that is also stories, and I, I actually made a, a a few few writers angry. Uh, couple of years ago when uh, the, a discussion about plotting stories came up. And um, I was like, I don't believe in plot. And they're like, what? Your story has to have a plot. <laughs> I said, no, it doesn't. I said, uh, none of my stories have plots. I said, my stories have characters who experience life, you know, because. And, yeah, and you let the characters drive the story, Correct. Absolutely. So think about this, Sylvia. Okay. Um, this morning when you woke up, mm-hmm. you might have had a plan of some of the things you wanted to do today. Yes. <laughs> Did they all work out the way you planned that you were? No. 
Do you think that part of your life was plotted out? Do you think no. that was no. Definitely not. No. And that is what I mean. Life is not a plot. Life is a bunch of situations that we deal with. And yes. that's what we that's what I do with my characters. I give them situations. Yes. Now, what are you gonna do? Show me. And so that's what I tell my characters. I'm like and I know it sounds crazy, but I, I really actually do like Okay, this is Hank Walker. Now, of course, you know who Hank Walker is. Um, yes, uh, I love that story. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to hear more about Hank Walker. <laughs> He's got so much more left. But um, here's Hank Walker, okay? And, and the entire storyline for Dredging Up Memories, um, you know, I'm not going to give any spoilers away for people who haven't read it, but the entire storyline, it picks on this and picks on that and picks on this, and none of the stuff Hank Walker expects to happen. He is on a goal, a journey to find his yes. family. And yes. all the way this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. And, and, and you know, though none of that was, yeah, I'm pretty sure if Hank Walker were living and not a character, he'd be like, I didn't plan for that crap to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why I say I don't believe in plot. I believe yes. in situations. I believe situations. that. Right. I believe that situations are what we go through. Good situations, mm-hmm. bad situations, horrific situations. Yes. Um, but what do we do to deal with these situations? You know, what do we do to um, – how, how, how do we go forward when we deal with these situations? Um, or do we regress? Do we go backwards when something terrible happens, you know? Um, yes. And that's what, that's what life is about. And – so often we hear art imitates life, you know, mm-hmm. well, why not writing, you know? Yes. Yeah. We should imitate life as well. And I think this is why uh, uh, folks like Stephen King have such a huge following because a lot of their story, especially King's storylines and, and his characters, that they, they, they ring true. They have a very... Uh, believable feel to them. Yes, That's exactly, right. exactly. And there's many writers that um, that also write about simple things that are not like Stephen King does. You you do that as well. It doesn't have to always be something horrific. Um, like a it, like a horror, horror genre is, is is amazing. You know, everybody has different stories, but a lot of times the simplest thing can turn very very dark. It, it, like you said, because of the situation that character is in, makes it very creepy, or or it, it, it turns it into a very big. I don't know if you would agree with me, but uh, into something major when it's really, like you said, it's not a plot line; it's a a situation the character is in, right? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a quote to you. It's from yes. Richard Pratt, and I think it's yes. one of the best quotes that you can, you can as, a, as a writer, uh, and I keep this on my computer. Uh, I see mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. every couple of days. And here's the quote. The bigger the issue, the smaller you write. Remember that. You don't write about the horrors of war. No, you write about a kid's burnt socks lying on the road. You pick the smallest manageable part of the big thing 
and you work off the resonance. Yes. And I'm Richard Price. And it, it goes hand in hand with what you were just saying right just now, is you don't have to write about the bigger things. A lot of times those tiny little details are the biggest things in the story. Yes. You know? Yeah, um, exactly. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally agree. And then this is why, you know, when you said I want to talk about writing, I, I thought about who, you know, when you said that, I had already thought of people I wanted to talk about writing with, and you were one of those uh, those people I thought about because I, I've seen your discussions, even short ones when we had in the meetings that we used to do. You always uh, left relevant information, like stuff that that you know you you carry with you as a as a even in our last podcast that we did a while back. You there was a lot of pertinent information that you know that that was that you know, it stayed with me and it helps other writers. And I had a few uh, authors that are starting out that said, you know, that really helped me. I was listening to that. And I said, well, you know, it would be nice if you would let the author know because that would really make his day or make her day or whoever it was, you know. And in that case, I always say that, you know, it, you don't, you never know how many, how much you're going to touch someone by just that one little compliment that you give them also. I agree, and that's and and you know that is something that uh, let's touch on that for a second. Um, yes, that is uh, uh, as a writer. Yeah, when someone contacts you and is like, "Hey, I, I really like this story that you wrote," or "Hey, this is, mm-hmm. you did a great job with this," or you know. Um, Things like that. It really, it really does uh, uh, mean stuff. It, 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 it means stuff to different authors. But like with me, when people contact me and say, "Hey, well, I really love the story," mm-hmm. I'm like, "Wow, that's awesome!" And it's humbling. For me, it's humbling because yes. somebody likes something that I did. You know, yes. outside of my job and outside of my family and outside of my circle of friends, mm-hmm. somebody like one of my stories or somebody like one of my books or somebody and that's uh cool and and the fact that they took the time to find me and contact mm-hmm. is is big in my opinion there's some writers that I can whatever but for me um i i i look at um every single reader and i say this and and i've said this plenty of times on my blog, I've said it a couple of times in my the Brown Bay stories and stuff like that is I don't want to waste your time. When you read one of my books, when you read one of my short stories or when you read one of my collections, I want you to come away going, Yeah, that was a good investment of time. That was a good investment of money. And when somebody contacts me, it tells me that was not a waste of their time. That's not a waste of their money. Um and my goal when I put stuff out, not when I write, but when I put stuff out, when I put a, the Brown Bag stories out, when I put a book out or a collection out or, or submit to a publication with a short story, my goal is to make sure that the reader gets a, gets a good experience and doesn't feel like they wasted their money or their time. Um, and hearing those compliments makes me feel like I'm doing my job right. Yes. Exactly. And, and that's okay. what you know, 
Go ahead. No, continue. continue. Uh, the, the phone keeps doing that little pause thing, so I pause. I think it's the recording uh, material. So if you hear me pause, just continue. It, it's uh, don't mean to interrupt you. I do that. So just say so. Yeah, not done yet. <laughs> no, it's, it's quite right because I because I'm long winded. You know that, Sylvia. I am very oh, long winded. Oh, you're, you're talking to the wrong person because I'm long winded too. So it's right. it's not that my my sister is the one that always says, "Can you let somebody else talk?" <laughs> exactly, you know. Um, but uh, for me, the, the 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 thing that we have to realize as writers mm-hmm. that it's important to be gracious. Yes. It's important to not get arrogant, not get cocky, and to be gracious when somebody contacts us. Uh, a few days ago, and I'm not going to say the author's name, but I'm, I'm actually very proud of the guy because he's really worked hard over the last couple of years. He's gotten a couple of books out in the last three or four months. He's got a couple mm-hmm. more books, contracts. Mm-hmm. really proud of the guy. And listen, I'm not going to say who it is because what I'm going to say is not very nice. Um, mm-hmm. I, I He was on Facebook, and he, uh, his new book had just come out, and he had just gotten some uh, of the printed books, and somebody asked him, hey, how much? Um, instead of saying 10, 15, 12, 20, 35, whatever, how much the books are, he posted a link to Amazon. Um, and then a little further down, somebody else asked, hey, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. How much? So the question was asked a second time, and a second time, this time a comment was was made, uh, and but then the link was put up, and no no amount was given. So I contacted him, and, and mm-hmm. I was very very nice, very uh, well as nice as I can be, and uh, <laughs> I I said, hey, you know, first of all, congratulations, uh, it's awesome that you're doing it. Second of all. If a reader asks you a direct question, don't send them a link and have them go search it. Tell them a direct answer because they're talking to you. Your reader is talking to you. Appreciate the reader. Make that reader feel like they're important. Yes. And that's what that's where we, we, we forget because here's We have here's, to. We have to. Whenever anyone contacts me, I tell them the price. I actually message them uh, directly, and, and if I don't have them, I'll – Add them, and I'll I'll send them a message directly and tell them, hey, this is this is what the prices are. Uh, let me know. Do you need a copy of of whatever? If I have a beta copy, or that's the way I contact my readers uh, whenever they approach me about any questions on anything. So you know, because that's just they're the ones that make us who we are. You know, we, we're we're writing for them. So if we don't have those readers, then what do we have? You know. I agree. And here's the other thing. The other part to, to what you're saying is we are not important. That's, we we as writers, and again, I'm generalizing this and saying yes. uh, uh, this is not every writer. This is probably not even half of them. Yes. But as generalize, generalization, we as writers have to take into account that we are not the important ones here. Yeah. What the, the important people for us are the publishers and the readers, because yeah. if if the publishers don't like our work, we're not getting published. And if the readers don't like our work, they're not going to buy our books from the publishers, and the publishers not going to retain us. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, exactly. We have to treat the readers like they're, you know, mama. 
Mm-hmm. Or that, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. can hold them up on a pedestal like you were when you were four years old and everything depending on what your mama or your daddy said. You know, yeah. you gotta hold them up and like yes. And, and when they ask you a question, you answer it, you know. And, and um and again, I wasn't trying to be rude to my friend. I I'm I'm actually very proud of him. And, and you were he just trying to teach better. him the proper way to address a reader. Basically you're giving him a tip of this is how you, you should have addressed that situation. That was just advice you were trying to give because you're a mentor. Whether or not you like it, you do mentor. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I, I mention people, uh, and this, this gentleman was one of my uh, uh, students, so to speak, um, and uh, for, for a while. And, and like I said, I'm very proud of him. And this is this whole oh, wow, I'm getting published left and right. It's very new to him. And so I understand that uh, I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize. And that's why I'm like, hey, just next time, you just, just remember, you know, these are the people who are buying your books. You know, these are the people who can give you good reviews. These are the people who, when you go to festivals and you sign books and you sell books, and they're the ones, they're going to talk to you. Yes. They're going to get answers from you. I the very first festival I went to, um, I was I, I was I was terrified because I I, um, I I I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't sure what to do. I, I, yeah. It was all me. My wife was like, "It's going to be okay. Just be yourself." Yeah. Not halfway through the day, this uh, young lady, well, older lady, walks up to my table, and uh, she says, uh, "You write these books." I said, yes, ma'am. And uh, she says, tell me about you. I said, uh, excuse me? She goes, I want to know who you are, the person. I want to know who you are, the writer. I want to know about the books. I want to know who you are, the person. So for the next couple of minutes, I talked to her about me. And wow. it was weird because I don't, I don't talk about... My dad always told me... When you when you throw uh, about your achievements and stuff like that, it's bragging. Or when you talk about yourself, yes. way, yeah. it's bragging. And, and and I've always carried that with me because I, I've especially because I played sports and stuff like that. It's like you never brag, never brag, never brag. So when this lady asked me to talk about me, I was like I froze up almost. But then I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well. And so I talked to her, and the whole time I'm talking to her, I'm like, God, this feels like bragging. This feels like bragging. This feels like bragging. When I was done, she goes, okay, I'll take this book and that book. I said, but you didn't, do you want to know that? She goes, no, I want to see, I want to know what type of person you are before I bought your books. She taught me a lesson right then that people are not going to buy your books if you're a jerk. You know, basically she wanted to see, okay, I'm going to buy this author's work. I want to know about them. And you, you took the time to talk to her about you. Exactly. You know, and, and I learned very quick in that that moment. I learned that huh, it ain't about me. It is not about me. It never has been about me. It is about that person who just put just pictures, just purchased two books because of what I told her about myself. I answered her question, though it was very a question I was not expecting, and I've never been asked that question again. And um. But I learned right then how it's so important that when I address 
a, a person in person, or, or whether I address a person on social media, or whether I address a person mm-hmm. on uh, through email, that I put my best foot forward every time. And, and so on social media, I, I have I have not bought. I have a lot of writers on, on social media and my on my Twitter feed, on uh Facebook and so forth. But there there's some that I'll never buy a book from just because of what they post on social media. Um yeah. because yes. it's not it gets it gets very negative when when you certain things get very mixed up and, and as an author you have to separate, at least in my opinion, you know, that's just my opinion. You separate you can't have uh, certain work associated with you and because of things that you post. I have my own personal page and I have my author page. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. and I don't, I don't like to get, there's a lot of stuff you notice uh, about me that I don't post a lot of, especially politics. I don't like to get involved in that at all. Everyone has their own thing, but not, you know, I do my own thing. I, and I'm not criticizing anyone. I, I, I put a lot of faith posts and stuff, but mostly it's on my family, if you notice my posts, or mm-hmm. on, on stuff I'm working on for author purposes or to promote other authors, but it's mostly that. I I always was taught, like what you were saying, not to interrupt you, I'll let you continue in a moment, but I just wanted to add to that, that my grandmother, you know, may she rest in peace, she always taught me, um, you know, uh, my Mima uh, taught me that I needed to uh, always treat people with respect, and if you want respect, you get respect by treating them. You know, you know, just like what the Golden Rule teaches us. You know, you should treat others as you would like to be treated. That's how I I live my life. I hope I am doing a good job of that. That that's what I was taught early on. That, right. you know, that I had to do that. So. Well, the Golden Rule, the Golden Rule is doing others like you as you'd have done, done unto you. Um, and that, that's so true. And this is, this is, this is uh, another, and this is, this, this, this goes right into something that drives me absolutely bonkers with the writing community. Hey, you know what, Sylvia, I am not in competition with you. Mm-mm. And I am not in competition with anybody else. No, no. Well, I have zero issues with being nice to other writers because I'm not competing with them. No. I, I, but and I also I'm not jealous of other writers. I'm not jealous of somebody who's no. doing better. And no. I'm not jealous. Of, but again, I'm going to a generalization here. There are a lot of authors who think, believe, and just. They, 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 that everybody is in competition with them, and that well, if I help this person, you know, they might take some of my readers, or you know, uh, and, and there's a lot of people who criticize others' writings and, mm-hmm. and others' stories and books that they put out. Um, this is the 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 writing community is. Is uh, is larger now than what it's ever been, but it's still a family, and it's still yes. you know you should still help each other. You should yes. still um, try to lift each other up. Look, if you want to be critical of somebody's work, go ahead, be critical of it, but have something positive to say, you know, um, and and don't uh, just bash them because you don't like them as a person. You know, I just. Yes. 
quite a few people I may not like as a person, but they're pretty darn good writers, you know. Yes, 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 exactly. There's no need for negativity. There's plenty of room for all of us, I believe. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and there's plenty of room for all of us to help one another. Um, and and uh, I, uh, there's this lady, her name is Jennifer Miller. Absolutely mm-hmm. love Jennifer Miller. Jennifer uh, has a publication that she puts out every year is called The Ladies and Gentlemen of Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, this book comes out every year, and she makes not a dime off of it. She makes zero money off of it. Every bit of the money that, that comes in for the sales of this book goes to cancer research. She wow. makes a donation. Yeah, exactly. She makes a That's donation awesome. every year to cancer research. She does not make a dime off of this. She spends nine months of a year working on this project with 10, 12, about 20 or so authors. It is a very extensive amount of work um, for yes, what she does. It is. Yes, but it what is. she also does is say, like, you're an author and you're one of the, the, the ladies of horror, and she asks you if you want to be in this book, and you say yes. Granted, you're going to end up giving a story to her for free mm-hmm. because, again, yeah. all the goes to cancer research. Yeah. However, what she's going to do is she's going to give you, you know, 10,000 words, 12,000 yeah. words to write a story or multiple stories and use those, and then she's going to give you a page or two dedicated to you, the person, yeah. the author behind the stories with pictures, yeah. promotions, and stuff like that. She does all that. And she doesn't make a dime, nothing, that's, zero. That's that, that's what I mean. That there that there should be more of that. That's what we need in in the writing community. More people willing to do those kind of things. Necessarily, maybe you know she has her you know the project she works on, but give give back, like put, put, pave it forward to someone else, because that that's why I do what I do right now. To not just for myself, but. This is a new territory for me, but I'm enjoying every part of it. Uh, I, I I love having you uh, authors like yourself and others come and share their insight because every day I learn something new. You know? Yeah, and you should, and that's the thing is uh, with with people like Jennifer, with people like you, you know. Um, when we talked about uh, doing this interview, we had done one uh, a couple months ago. Um, and and uh, when we talked about doing this interview, um, yeah. and you asked me, you know, what, what do you want to talk about? Do you, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and you know me, I'm very generic. I want, every, I don't want questions. Well, you want time. it right in the moment. You want a raw, like, like right there, like live. You're, like you're live. This is what you're gonna say, kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. And and um. But you're like, you're like, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, uh, how about this time, or what about this time? You know, we can do this, and then we, then we start having uh, some technical issues on Monday. They're like, well, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. A lot of people would have been like, I just give up. You know. So here we are, you and I now, after having technical technical difficulties again, mm-hmm. we're talking. On the phone, yeah. Old school, you know. This is old school. You know, this is the way they used yeah. to do it back, you know, years ago. Um, yeah. We're not texting. We're not. But you, t- here's, here you are taking the time out of your day to talk to me. 
you know, that stuff and that, you know, that's cool. You know, that's that's giving back. So on the flip side, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, do this, I try to do the same when I uh, work with other authors, you know, look, yes. I don't want I don't want you to, you know, uh, I don't want you to give me praise, and I don't want you to put my name on your book, and I don't want you. I just want to make sure that you're heading in the right direction, and that if you need something, hey, here I am. And, and but that's yeah. what our community uh, uh, can be about. And, and I actually came from. I, I was very fortunate that a few years ago, uh, a gentleman named Boyd Harris, uh, mm-hmm. who was. I submitted a story to him, and he said, hey, look, this is the concept is awesome. You know, it's a really good, neat storyline. Uh, your writing needs work. And this was back in 2004. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I want you to go to this website. It's, and it's actually kind of like the first online social media group uh, at the time. Um, and it was, a, it was all a writer's group. And mm-hmm. uh owned by Francis Ward Coppola. So I'm like, you know what, that's pretty legit there. So I went to it, I, I joined it, I found the group that he was talking about, I, I got an invite to, and next thing you know, I'm talking to these authors who wow. have this knowledge. And here I am, I'm a piss on. <laughs> you know, I am nobody. <laughs> and here's these terrific authors who I'm just like, wow. You know, Boyd Harris, Bailey Hunter, uh, Fran Friel, who is by far, I think, one of the best hands-down writers I've ever met. Michelle Garen Fly, you know, all these wow. people, you know, some terrific, terrific writers were giving me tips on what to do, how to do things. You know, uh, wow. you know who, who is a phenomenal writer, uh, he, you know, uh, Frank Hutton, who I think is the best editor I've ever met in my life, mm-hmm. um, you know, just listening to him on how to find find uh, issues and stories, that's where I got my editing philosophy from was Frank Hutton. All of these because one person took the time to say, hey, let me point you in a direction of something that may help you. And, you know, it did help me. And uh, I took a lot of what I learned from these people and a, a lot of the, the passion that these people had and a lot of the hey we want to be great writers but we want you to be a great writer so let us help you um wow it's like that, a plethora of of pure knowledge and, and advice for for you right oh absolutely it was awesome and, and i uh uh i have uh, i still talk to uh several of them um uh you know not as often as i, I would like um but uh, you know these these are true these these people who didn't know me from Jack you know didn't know me from Adam and, and they're like hey let us help you you know and, wow and, that's awesome that's that's just that's uh, that's like the, the when I'm hearing this it's like uh, I'm smiling too because it's like that's like the best thing for us as writers and authors to have that group that you you were able to talk to they shared knowledge and. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, now, with that, and I'm going to talk about traditional uh, publications for a second, if that's okay. Yes, yes, of um, course, of course. And shout geez. out to Lisa Vasquez and all the wonderful people there. Shout out to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Lisa is, is uh, phenomenal. 
Um, and yeah. what a lot of people don't know about Lisa, especially uh, authors and, and people who uh, don't understand the way SSP works in, in a way, because SSP really does try to work for the the author. Um, yes. Lisa gives so much of her time. She's an author as well. Um, yes. She gives so much of her time to all of these, these authors, both with SSP and outside of SSP. She yes. spends all this time helping them, helping them. Hey, can I help you? Matter of fact, she, she sent me a, a message yesterday because um, she, she, I, I, over the past weekend, I was like, okay, I want to I want to do this book cover myself. So she, you know what she did? That Saturday and part of that Sunday, literally almost, you know, half of the day Saturday and then part of the day Sunday, she said, okay, this is what you need to do. Uh, get this software. You know, it was a, it was a free um, 30-day trial. Get this software, software. And I'm going to walk through how to do this. So for like five or six hours that Saturday afternoon, I had one computer on and I had my my Facebook messages on, and so she's going back and forth. Okay, do this. Okay, do this. Do this. And so as we're working, I'm creating a cover using her 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 uh, her, her guidance. guidance. Yeah, which she's been telling you. Right, and this is five, six, seven hours of her time that she gave me. Wow. This is, you know, she even told me, she goes, look, I'll make a cover for you. And I'm like, I, I want to try this myself, you know. This, I said, I, I want to be able to, to to make some, you know, and I want to try this and see how it comes out. So instead of her pouting and getting mad and saying, hey, you know, you can, I can do it for you, you know, and why are you not let me do it? She said, let me show you how to do it. And so she spent all the time. That is what I'm talking about. That is yeah. why. And this is why. Yes. I, and I saw that cover. It looks pretty good. You did a well, good see, job. Well, see, just the thing about that. She contacted me last night. I posted, posted a, the potential cover up last night. She goes, hey, I think it's getting there. But try this because I'm afraid you're going to lose the color when it goes to print. And okay. so she contacted me again to make sure that it comes out right later. She's she's very willing to help. She she really is, and I don't know how she does it all because she's she's amazing. I've learned a lot from her as well, and for many of you that have been at at uh, Stitch Mile Publications, every one of you, all the editors, Donnell and Whiting, and everyone there has taught me something. And all of you guys are awesome, and I and I still keep in touch with you guys because I do miss miss it, but I always try to help in whatever way I can. Well, you know, and that's the thing is, is the, the the thing that um, we have to remember, mm-hmm. and the thing, the thing that Lisa and I and Donnell, uh, we talk about from time to time is, you know, if you came to work with us, if you were an editor or if you were, you know, an artist or if you were uh, mm-hmm. a, a author or, or whatever, and you decide to leave, you know, um, we hope that we have given you uh, some of the skills some, to yeah. help you uh, to be able to go forward. We may not have given you everything you need, but we try to give you the things that you need. Um, and and 
we're not going to always um, succeed at that. You know, nobody is, and that's part of the learning curve. It was just uh, being a publisher, you know. But Lisa, uh, and, and I absolutely adore her. I absolutely, and Darnell as well. And Lisa will, will mm. literally give you the shirt off her back. Off her back. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I see that. I I see that, and and that and that's why you know she is who she is. She does it all. She but she's not. Uh, you know she never treats you as she's above everybody else. She wants everyone to be equals. I've noticed. You know when she was there, she she did it all, but she wanted us all to work as a team and 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 guide each other and help each other. Not everyone's willing to do that, unfortunately. But you know, like I said, you know she keeps rolling with you know with with everything and and look look at how how everything's growing everything's you know you guys are growing getting better and and learning more and and this is why I love having these kind of conversations especially with you Jeff because it's very candid it's very real and I I hope you know like I said you're one of our first here on the daily that I, that I do on anchor um this is a first interview we had some technical difficulties but look what of all we've talked about so far so. Well, absolutely, and, and that's the thing is is um, I, I want to uh, you know I don't know how much time we have left, but I, I want to touch on something that recently I found out about, um, and it's, it's it's originally nothing with writing. It's actually something with my son's school, which mm-hmm. I have turned it around to focus it more towards writing, and I'm going to be writing a blog on it this weekend, which I really hope it comes okay. out. Yeah, with. go ahead. Yeah, you could go ahead and finish up on that. Yeah, no, no problem. This is called, uh, let me make sure I have this right. Um, the letters are I-O-U-M-P-B. Um, when I first saw it on the screen at the uh, open house the other night at my son's school, I was like, oh, oh that's interesting. I owe you, and what is that? The the big principal, she's her first year at the school, so uh, I really like her so far. Um, she said, I owe you MPB. Let me tell you what this is. I offer you my personal best. I offer you my personal best. That's okay. what I owe okay. you okay. MPB. Okay. okay. I don't owe you my personal best. I offer you my personal best. So all of the students at the school are going to get all the teachers, all the administrations, personal best day to day. At every one of the classrooms when we went to visit, there's a sign that uh, that the, the teachers have made, and this is this so and so's personal best are these, and there's a list of the things that their their personal best will be given to these children. Um, yeah. And I'm like. That is so awesome. So I'm yes. that. I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard of, and I love that. Um, yeah. And I went the next morning. I'm sitting there in my office, and I, I'm standing at my whiteboard. This is before I clock in. I usually get to work about a half hour before I have to be there. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing at my whiteboard. I'm writing I O U M P B, and I write the words out. And I write the words out again, and I'm like, that is the coolest thing. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. As writers, as authors, as artists, as publishers, as editors, as people who give to the community, we should be offering our personal best, best. every yep. single 
time. Yes. So if so so if we're just rushing through to get something out because we want to make money, we're doing it for the wrong reason. If yes. you're just uh you know, if you're looking at it like, Oh, I'm this great writer, well hey, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If we are not saying I'm gonna give you my best every single time out we're doing it for the wrong reason because we should never put out anything that is not our best. Exactly. And I owe you MTV. I offer, I'm giving you, I want to give you my personal best. My personal best. Absolutely. And that came from my son's middle school earlier this week. And I'm just, and I, I, that's amazing. That's awesome. That's going to, that sounds like a wonderful staff and, of the person in charge, it looks like it's going to be a wonderful uh, learning, you know, thing for all the kids because especially our youth need that too, aside from, you know, everything else. I'm sure it makes you really happy as a parent to send your child to a school that really implements those things. So, oh, Absolutely. I was, I was very happy when I heard that because um, uh, kids today, adults today, Mm-hmm. Need uh, they don't they don't need your leftovers, you know they need your best, um, you know and and we're all guilty of not giving our best at stuff. All yes. of us, yes. Um, <laughs> but if you're going to give to something, if you if 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 you uh, your children give your personal best, your spouse give your personal best. Yes. Your church, if you have a church, give your your personal best. Your job, if you have a job, give your personal yes. best. Um, you know, if you're a a student, give your personal best to your teacher. If you're if you're you know, um, anything. If if you are giving less than your best, then you're not trying as hard as you should. Yes. You're trying as hard as you can. Um, exactly. And, it's these little things, and these are the things I look for because yes. I, 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 I've been using it at work this week, and people are think I'm nuts, you know, because it's like, No, hey, that, that's a, you need to send me that so I can write it down on my board so I can work on my personal best. <laughs> but I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you when we get done here, you know. But yeah, for me, though, you know, I, I, I constantly say, you know, uh, you know, again, it's not about me. It's about the readers. It's not about exactly. Sure, it's not about me. It's about the people who I got. A, I got a, a, a review today uh, uh-huh. for Sister Kindness, and, and it blew me away because I, it, to me, it came out of nowhere. And, and uh, it's you know, a person who reviewed the book, and uh-huh. um, it, she had three very long paragraphs, and. and the, uh, I I was just like the more I read, like, the more I was like, wow, 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 wow. And this is a reader. There's there's the important oh, thing. That's that's read. just humbling. That has to be very humbling to you as an author. That the especially when it's a great review and then they take the point the points without giving away the plot. There's a lot of people who are very good with writing out a, a review that doesn't give away the yeah. plot. <laughs> And, and this person did not give away the plot, and I was just totally like, wow. You know, and I was like, and I read it at lunch, and, and I only had like three or four minutes 
to read at that lunch today, and, and I, I read it, and I was just like, wow, that is like the coolest thing. I bet you that made that made your day. <laughs> it, it did, but that that type of review tells me that I'm doing my job right. I'm, yeah. I'm reaching the readers in the way that I want to reach them, uh, and, and and that's that's what we should be striving to do. Um, and A Stitch of Madness is uh, one of my favorite books that I've put out. Yes. The three stories are really good. And, and, um, and They're different. Too, They're all different. You do a great job of that. You're very good at that. Well, thank you. And, and but see, that's the thing, though, is we, as, as writers in, in this community of ours, that's what we should be giving all of our readers every time yeah. out. And that's why for me to get the forgetful man's disease out because I've been working on it for three and a half years. And I was going to ask you about that. I want, if it's okay, can you read a little bit of, well, tell us a little bit about it without giving away the plot. And could you read something to us before we, you know, we, we end, uh, whenever it is, we end our, our interview. I'll tell you what, I will tell you a little bit about forgetful man's disease. Okay. And, um, I may even have it on my desktop. Yeah, yeah take your time. I'm I'm here. I'm it's not we're not going anywhere. So <laughs> if I do have it on my desktop, when I do have it on okay. my desktop. Okay, good. Right. I, yeah, well, I kind of stepped away from cuz they're on the phone because my children make a lot of noise, so if you hear background noise, I do apologize. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I have two children too, and of course I was like, "Oh, don't come here." <laughs> well, mine are teenage. The teenage boy. I have a twelve-year-old, eleven-year-old, and a seven-year-old. So. And I have, I have a sixteen-year-old and a twelve-year-old, and, and yes, okay. The forgetful man's disease. Mm-hmm. Yep. Adam, and named Homer Greasy, and Homer Greasy is uh, in his nineties. You know, he's, okay. He, he's An older, man. older man. <laughs> There, yes, and, and I actually based Homer Greasy off of my grandfather. Now, my grandfather died in his 70s, but uh, a lot of my grandfather's mannerisms and things I put here. Matter of fact, the entire storyline is based off of the, of the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, it's called the Mill Hill, um, and uh, it, was, it was a big, um, uh, you know, all the characters in it, are based off of someone I remember from the Mill Hill from my wow. childhood. And, and uh, so the um, Homer Greasy is, he's going through the last days of his life. Uh, the ghosts of his past are coming to him, and they're like, hey, you know, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. It's time to let go. And he's like, no, not yet. And and he's he he has these moments where he, he zones out. And um, uh, but during those moments that he's on out, he sees the ghost of his past. You know, oh. and he sees his deceased wife. He sees the, uh, you know, the deceased neighbor across the street. He sees all the people who have, who have gone on before him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they constantly tell him, "Hey, it's, it's, it's time to go. It's time to let go and, and, and come on." Um, but however, when he's on, when, when he's he, he's Zones out, 
he also relives one of the most horrific events in his life. Oh, and no. as he's reliving it, um, it, it, it I, the story unfolds in two ways, the actual events of the, of the incident 50 years earlier or and the, the seeing all the ghosts and, and his life now um, mm-hmm. as he's as he's, he's essentially dying. Um, and there's, uh, there's a little twist at the end, and I, I can't really give it away, uh, yeah. but as you go through the story, you're like, wow, wow, yeah, it's cool, it's cool, and then all of a sudden it's like, didn't see that coming. Wow, yeah. I love those. I, I'm, I'm excited to read that because you're almost going to be publishing that, right, soon? Yes, and, and uh, this is... Um, I, I've been working on it for like I said, three and a half years, and it's one of my, uh, I, I think it's, to me, it, it hits so close to home because of who the people are based off of. Oh, and, wow. And, and the fact that I knew when I wrote this, I went to my mom, and I was like, okay, mom, I know a lot of this stuff from my childhood, but I need clarity. Yeah. Um, I need to remember some of these people, so what about this person? And so she told me stories about this person. What about that person? She told me stories about that person. She said, oh, you remember? Said, yeah. And they said, well, this is this, and this person did this. So you and, so you were able to take from that, like, the, 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 the kind of like how you set up your story and stuff, right? Made it more real? Absolutely. And that was my goal, was to make it more realistic feeling and, and to have uh, – <clears throat> um, the, the the feel to it, and, and it, I thought I think I think I may have succeeded. You know, uh, I, I've had a couple people read it who um, I know are are, are brutal, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, they came back with, "Dude, this is good," and yeah. with that, a whole lot of you know negativity with it. I was like, okay, I think I'm on the right path. So yeah. if you'd like, I could read the uh, first uh, two or three paragraphs. To, um, That's fine. That's fine. And like I said, um, this is this has been so such an amazing interview. Um, Jeff Brown, you've given me a lot of insight, very candid insight about the writing, about what you know, what, what you know, the community as writers are, what we should be doing for the reader. Because they're the important, you know, we 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 captured so many little uh, things that I, like I said, you really captured a lot of what, you know, like I said, we didn't have a set plan, but our, you know, we we talked about writing, we talked about different things that have to do within the writing community, and just to have you end on your own story is amazing. So with that, you know, like I said, this has been an uh, an awesome interview to have you here and anytime you want to come and share once you publish the book, whenever it is you want to come to the daily and share more of your insight, whether it's writing or editing or whatever you want to talk about, you know, you have a place here on the daily with Silstein and my, on my other podcast. So feel free to always, you know, uh, welcome. So, and with that, I will let you start on the forgetful, the forgetful man's disease here. Here is AJ Brown. Thank you, Sylvia. Okay, I'm going to read the first three or so paragraphs, um, mm-hmm. which is the first. No um, During the last few days of Homer Grigsby's life, he did as he always did, sat in the rocker on his front porch and swayed back and forth. There was nothing particularly special about those days. Like most of them, he had no clue how he got to the rocker. 
did he walk? Did someone help him? Had he been there for a while or just a few minutes? But he did know he seemed to end up there more often than he did anywhere else. The realization often came during those moments of lucidity that followed long, longer moments of nothing or zoning out, as his grandson Robert so often called it. The beginning of the end came in early October. The day had been cool. The night promised a dip in temperatures, one that would normally leave Homer's bones aching and make his skin feel tight. But Homer didn't worry about that. The only thing on his mind, not in that zone-out world he had lived in over the last few years, was his two great-grandchildren, Zachary and Millie. They were nine and six years of age, and every bit as precious as any children could be. Yes, Homer enjoyed his visits with the grandchildren. He seemed to be most aware when they were around, as if they made him young again and boosted the memory that faded in and out, like a radio frequency that had more static and noise than actual programming and music. And maybe they provided that extra electrical charge his brain could no longer produce. He didn't know. He never would. The leaves had begun to change from crisp greens to yellows and reds and oranges, and in some cases, browns. They fell with a gentle breeze blowing down Center Street, and wind tunnel by any other name. The breeze was always amplified along the road that held 16 houses, eight on either side. The leaves fluttered across the ground until they came to rest against the walls of many of the homes in their path. Back when Lillian was alive, she would have shivered and gave an exaggerated brr before walking inside for her shawl or robe or a light coat. She'd also bring his jacket out to him. Put the sun before you catch your death. And he would, just because Lillian had said so. All right, we're going to stop there. Um, wow. Wow, I just want to read more. I just want to read more of that. I was just like, yeah, the description, I felt everything. Yeah, the char- Like you said, your characters, you know, give you situations, and you, you're, you took us there as readers. <laughs> Well, you know, I hope that, you know, when it comes out that everybody will, will when, when people read it, that they will uh, enjoy it the way I enjoyed writing it. It was one of my favorite stories to write, um, and I've taken so long to put it out because I, I want to make sure that I do it justice. Justice. You know? And you and I, I believe you, you are and you will. And like I said, it, it's been an amazing evening to share the, all of this uh all of the insights you've given us today, your candid interview here. Um, Jeff, you know, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here on the daily with Silstein. And, uh, you know, everybody says Silstein. I said, I shortened my name. So yeah. um, uh, to make it a little bit more interesting, you know, um, and, uh-huh. uh, and, and, uh, but it's been, it's been wonderful sharing all this insight with you. I hope we covered pretty much what you wanted to cover. And I hope you, you know, like I said, I hope whenever you want to come to back to the show, feel free to you know let me know and just you know we'll we'll do another interview. So All right, I appreciate your time as well, and, and uh, thanks for having me. No problem, and I will upload this to Anchor, and then I will send you that information so you can you know we can share your interview. And again, it's been awesome here on the Daily with Phil Stein, our first interview with author uh, Stitch Smile's very own. Um, Jeff Brown or A.J. Brown, but Jeff Brown, and you can look up his books on Amazon. He has quite a few. Um, do you have any other place you have them on, Jeff? Um, can you uh, talk about a little yeah. bit where they can find your books? 
Well, I'm on Amazon. If if they want print books, um, <clears throat> Amazon's a little more expensive, so they could just contact me directly, okay. and uh, I can, you know, hey, look, you know, I can sign it for them, you know, and, and, and have it mailed out. And uh, so, you know, uh, but mostly everything is on Amazon. Okay, and do you have a page on Facebook, right, your author page? They can find mm-hmm. it under there? Yep, uh, A.J. Brown is uh, my author page, or you can go to uh, uh, the A.J. Brown Fan Club. Um, most of them are on Facebook. <laughs> and, uh, of course, my uh, blog is Type A.J. Negative. Um, pretty easy to find. Just type into Google. It's the only one that comes up. Um, and, uh, you know, that's uh, Twitter is just at A.J. Brown. And um, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Again, thank you for being here on Anchor on the Daily with Silstein, and you have a great evening. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Thank you very much. You have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.